Hey everybody, this is Why My Parents Worry About Me. This is Mana. And I'm Taylor, and you're listening to a podcast where we spin the globe, land on a random city, and share stories of true crime, folklore, and a touch of paranormal that truly make our parents worry about us. I'm so excited <sighs> to be back. I know. We got to take a week off last week. Mm-hmm. Very sorry about it. Yes. It was spontaneous, but we needed it for our mental health, and we have a whole bunch of things in the works, so we had to take some more time to plan. And Yeah, honestly, you guys would probably... We might have to take another break in a month or so, but we'll be keeping you updated on Instagram if there's any breaks or vacations happening for us. And I know that we're going to come back even stronger than ever. So just mm-hmm. be ready for that. Mm-hmm. Yes. So in lieu of our last, um, wow, my, so I have my charger underneath my foot and I just put my foot on it and it is literally on fire. Um <laughs> Mm, toasty. Yeah, love that. Um, if anybody else's charger does that, let me know because I just don't think this isn't a fire hazard. You can email us at <laughs> why my parents worry about me at gmail.com to, for any concerns about <laughs> your if you've ever had uh, a burn due to your charger, let me know. Yeah. But as I was saying, why your parents worry about you. <laughs> every moment really. Um, yeah, so last episode we talked about what Parks and Recreation character you are mixed with um, the Office character, and Mana and I were very disappointed in our results. And we had I talked mean, about... Yeah. <laughs> I got Ryan, dude. <laughs> Bro, I got Dwight. I would almost Dw- prefer Dwight. Dwight. Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. He, he, he has a working farm. He... I mean, his confidence, I will say, is unmatched, so. He gets yeah. he gets stuff done. He's quite the prankster. Okay, but Andy? Yeah, you're right. There's no redeeming, <laughs> redeeming an things idiot. about him. I mean, he's funny, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. 100%. So, I made Mana take the Enneagram exam. So, some people say that it helps you, like, gain insights to, like, what drives you, and then in like the spirituality realm of this quiz, it is more commonly presented as a path to higher state of being, essence, and enlightenment. But basically, the more you understand about yourself and about this quiz, it gives you better like self-awareness, self-understanding, and it helps me understand kind of what drives Mana and like what or why she does some of the things that she does. I don't know how to describe why it. Why do you just say it like that? I know. Well, listen... We've been friends for, we've been friends, for, <laughs> we've been friends for a really long time. Yeah. And I guessed your Enneagram like a long time ago when I got my Enneagram um, number, mm-hmm. but I also guessed yours and I have your results because we took it on my phone. Yeah. To be, did you win? Did you get it? I did. Oh, congrats. So I guess. You know what? I don't like that you know me so well. I guess uh, that you were a seven, and you are in fact a seven. So, oh um, if you don't know what a seven is, is you have a positive outlook, um, and then you avoid your fear or your trauma or pain by escaping into pleasure, fun, or imagination, and you're a very positive person. Um, you're always thinking ahead. For better possibilities and enjoyment. You're very future-oriented. Um, you have a Peter Pan-like essence to you. Um, 
And so when I think of a number seven, I think of someone that just hops from activity to activity. Like you just do a bunch of different things and you're very busy. You know what I mean? I mean, that's me. Yeah. Every, <laughs> every new, every week I'm like, Taylor, I have a new project idea. And Taylor's like, please. <laughs> and I'm like, you that's fine. <laughs> I please, will I'm begging you. mentally handle that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, all the things that you're listing off, I feel like are reasons I have a therapist. <laughs> Well, you know, it's very important to us that we have good mental health. Um, uh, there's some negatives with sevens. Um, they have difficulty with commitment and following through with things. <laughs> <laughs> um, me as I aggressively drink my iced coffee. It's okay. It's all good. So I'm excited that I got um, that. It would make sense that I I would be able to guess your Enneagram because I'm a five, which is like people that um are very curious um and more like internal so they like analyze things and then internalize everything mm-hmm. um but What's if your negative so the main theme for a number 5 and i'm getting all this information from the enneagram app um the world seems unpredictable chaotic threatening and intrusive um so because it's those things I often have a defense of observation from a distance or a safe distance away. And the way that I like get back into the world in a way is by gaining as much knowledge about it as I can. I mean, it honestly fits you. So there's not really a problem there. What other negatives does um, I have for seven? You just gave me one. Oh, yes, of course. I was trying to be nice in the pod. <laughs> nah, just uh, rip me apart on the podcast, please. Okay. Relationships may seem frustrating and confining. Um, you can sometimes be impulsive um, because you have too many int- interests. Um, you're extroverted. You're very spontaneous and adventurous. You have an underlying unconscious insecurity of like anxiety or fear. Oh, my God. Actually, this is like pretty accurate, I have to say. Yeah. So feel- we can break you down even further. Under the every number is a wing so you can either be the two numbers on either side as like your subtype okay i'm gonna guess that you're a seven six um but you can also be a seven wing eight so tell me which one sounds more like you honestly nah i'm the first one okay seven w six yeah, honestly, and it's funny because I actually see because Meyer Briggs, you know, the Meyer Briggs test, because mm-hmm. I'm an ENTP and I can even see it in this test. Yeah, so a lot of people like will take these two tests coinciding because they relate to each other a lot. So when I was first doing this, I took the Meyer Briggs and then I did the Enneagram, and I was like, how many of these, like my Meyer Briggs type end up being a number five and a lot of them do end up being a number five and some people think that all this is fake or whatever but I do think it's a good um tool to like help understand what drives you as a person I know that it's really important to me to feel confident and the way that I feel most confident is by gaining as much knowledge and I think that's why I like school so much or I'm always on YouTube watching like tutorials or whatever I also think that's why I like work so much because I'll 
be done with work and be like, oh, I have a question. Like, what's the best way to do this? And then I'll spend the rest of my time trying to figure out that one thing and what's the most effective way to be that. I'm not like, I'm an introvert, but I think the main stereotype for number fives are that they're like complete loners and that all they do is like want to be by themselves. But I just need to be by myself to recharge. And then I'm back to being with like my close friends. So, yeah. And I think sevens are just known as busybodies. But they can be purposefully busybodies, you know? I mean, that's me. Like, I overwhelm myself to the point where I can't do anything. And then I have a mental breakdown about it. (laughs) (laughs) And then people are like, you literally did it to yourself. And I'm like, how dare you? Why would you do that to me? I did this to myself. (laughs) It's all my commitments. It's all everybody else. It's your fault. Never. And I could also be a number six, but I'm more of a four because um, fours are known for being like really artsy um, and like very feely. So I'm like a mixture. So I'm a five W four. It's fun. I love it. Every everybody should take it. It's very fun. Uh, Message us if you do get your Enneagram. And yeah, I don't know. It's just something that I wanted to do with Mana. And now I understand who she is as a human being. I'm so sorry. Honestly, if you anybody takes this test and they're a seven, what is it? Six W? Seven W six. Um, yeah. Seven W six. I'm sorry. You might need mental health, like <laughs> mental health, because I do. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if you do, <laughs> email us so then I can relate to you. We both get help. <laughs> we go to group therapy together. <laughs> together. So where are we going this week? Um, We're going to... Cafe Taiwan. Heck yeah. I guess I didn't need the Enneagram exam to know who you really are, but. <laughs> I mean, it just helps you because me and you are so different. Yeah, we're definitely. That, I don't know. It might be nice to know, like, you even talked about, like, what motivates somebody. So mm-hmm. the fact that, I mean, you've seen me before. I love yeah. picking up projects that I drop all the time. <laughs> I half-ass everything I do because I pick up too many. <laughs> it's because I get so bored. I'll go to the gym and my dad will be like, why are you already getting off the elliptical? And I'll be like, I'm bored. I did five steps, deck, Mom. Yeah, I'm like, it's my biggest fear is being bored. Honestly, <laughs> that's my hell. That's so funny. Well, that's probably why you would have so many um, issues with getting stuck in um, the hole. Yeah. Oh, I could never. <laughs> oh, my. I would actually be the person that, like, goes insane and, like, eats their own fingers. <laughs> Because I'd be like, I'm bored. I have to eat it. <laughs> the guard's just like, what the hell? There's so many other constructive things that you could be doing right now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was not even like, I'd still, I, would it be like, I solo go insane? It's just like, I skipped all the steps and just went insane. <laughs> <laughs> the guard's like, come on. Well, would you like to get started? Okay, yeah, we should probably uh, stop uh, fucking around and actually do our thing. <laughs> okay. Okay, so let me tell you about my story this week. So, like I said, we're based in Taiwan, and I'm doing the murder of Pai Xiaoyan. So, on April 14th, 1997, Pai Xiaoyan went missing on her way to school. She was 16 years old. The important thing about her was that she was the only daughter of a popular Taiwanese TV host and actress, Pai Bingbing which was a very well-known, like, household name. Everybody knew her. 
And then her father was a famous Japanese author by the name of Iki Kajiwara, who did like movies and anime and manga. So he was well known in Japan. So she was pretty much a lot. She she was in the media a lot and uh, her name was already out there. So this was already kind of a big issue. Her parents were divorced, though. There was some domestic abuse problems at home and due to like extramarital affairs. So her father was, I believe, in Japan when this was occurring and her mother was still in Taiwan. So at the time of her kidnapping, there was a ransom asked. So the kidnappers demanded $5 million USD back then it was 1997 and as proof of her kidnapping they sent a, ha- a picture of her half nude bound by tape and a piece of her pinky finger oh yeah gross so to go with the fact that her parents were like in the media the media's involvement in this case was insane there was such a big media response because of her mother's fame and at least two newspapers and a TV station reported about her kidnapping um, just within a few days of it occurring. Mm-hmm. So this is a big problem because, you know, with ransom cases, you're kind of keeping it to the lowdown because you want to save the kidnapped person. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. media was making it a big deal and putting it everywhere. And I'm sure that really stressed out the kidnappers because if I was kidnapping, I would be stressed. Well, yeah. You just Not want the that money. I kidnap, but if I did... <laughs> You just want the money. Yeah, I feel like it would definitely escalate the situation. Exactly. So even like people, reporters were following her mother around. Um, Even as her mother was going to ransom drops to try to save her daughter because mm-hmm. they weren't able to trace the call. And so when her mom would go to the different ransom drops, the, like the reporters would follow her there and scare mm. off the kidnappers because they'd see the media and the police. Right. Yeah. Which is absolutely insane that they allowed that. That the police allow the media to just follow them around. What what year was this? Nineteen ninety seven. Okay. How did they hear that? <laughs> right? Exactly. So like there was huge spills to the media during this time. During Dang. this case. So then two weeks later, after some failed ransom drops, April twenty eighth, uh, her body was found. She was nude and mutilated and found in a drainage ditch where she was weighed down by dumbbells. So did they get any money? No. Tai okay. Yen was just murdered. Okay. So they believe that Tai Yen was killed 10 days before. So even before the ransom negotiations were ongoing. Okay. So they didn't even get their money. And then they were just like, you know, like, F- it. Uh, screw it. <laughs> I'm going to swear a lot. Sorry. I'm kind of in the mood. <laughs> um, And... When they, like, examined her body, they realized that she was tortured and, like, during, while she was alive and then strangled to death. So, after the body was found, you can imagine that the media involvement got even worse. Mm-hmm. They had actually put a picture of her body, unedited, completely uncovered on the front page of the Daily China Times. Oh, my God. And they even had, like, an arrow pointing to her missing part of her pinky finger. <laughs> I would be mortified if I was her mom or dad. Literally, how terrible. That's so bad. All over the media. It's so unbelievable. There was 12 accessories to the kidnapping slash murder that were arrested oh, after wow. some time. So, yeah, there's a lot of people involved. But there were still three main criminals that has, had escaped. Chen Chen-shing, Lin Chen-cheng, and Kao Tian-min. So these criminals were 
later manhunted by the police because they were like the most involved of the kidnapping and murder. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was an island hunt where police ordered to shoot without warning, and if they showed any resistance, just kill them. Wow. Yeah, I mean the trio was on the loose for seven months. True. So <laughs> which is a while. How did they find out it was those three? I could not find information on that, honestly. Okay. I looked everywhere. That's interesting because that also happened in my case. I I don't know. Maybe Taiwan doesn't release evidence. Disclose information like that. I don't know. Maybe. Although the media was happy to disclose anything else. Apparently. Right. <laughs> They're like, we can't give you the evidence, but we can definitely show you the videos and photos. Enjoy. Here's a dead body. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine just like. Opening your morning newspaper, getting ready to eat coffee. The kids are at the table. Eat coffee. Drink coffee. Sorry. And then all of a sudden you just see that. I'd be so mad. I'd be like, um, I mean, honestly, fear. I think it would pretty much be horrifying. Yeah, just like you said. I mean, she's a young girl. She's 16. And she's a minor. That's even worse. If I was the mom or dad, I would sue the media. I mean, they've been in the media their whole lives because they're, like, well-known. And just right. imagine just wanting to have this one thing probably not publicized, and it was. Yeah. So the trio was on the loose for seven months. In June of the next year, they actually kidnapped a city councilor, and then in August, kidnapped a businessman. Oh, they're getting bold. And after that, Chen, one um, assailant, went on a rape spree where he preyed on young women living alone. The victims were told to keep quiet by the police because they didn't want to create public fear. Ha ha ha. But, okay. Yeah. Do you see the, <laughs> the do issue you see the I issue? have with that? <laughs> do you see the problem? The dis- yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> okay. I hope that I don't have to put how I feel in words. <laughs> um, finally, on August 19th, the trio was spotted by police where a firefight began. Lynn was shot six times and then he shot himself. So then he wouldn't be caught. Um, During this, an officer died. Another was wounded. And then Chen and Cao escaped. There was like 800 police reinforcements. So I don't understand how they didn't get caught. I, it baffles me every time. I mean, 800 (laughs) against three people. Yeah. It's a TV show. It's an anime. (laughs) (laughs) Later on October 23rd, Chen and Cao shot and killed a plastic surgeon and raped and killed his wife. They'd also murdered the nurse that was a part of the surgery they forced the plastic surgeon to perform on them. So they wanted to, like, change their face and stuff so they could get away. I mean, they were doing the most. They really... I mean, they've been on the run for a while now. They went for it, and they went bold. But on November 5th, they were in another shootout with the police, and then they escaped again. There was a thousand officers backed with the military units I want to, like, put in there. If they could just try a little harder... (laughs) I just don't get where the where the problem was. Right. <laughs> You're literally, I think, standing like shoulder to shoulder with someone at that point. I mean, there can't be that much room. I mean, I'm I act like I've been in war scenarios. So I'm like, my my brain is literally like, just make a circle around them and move in. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Just have a bunch of people, maybe even multiple people deep, and circle around them, and then do like it's like basically a mosh pit, right? Yeah, just like get around them and then slowly circle in. What they're gonna jump out? No. <laughs> we say that and then we don't truly understand the intensity of the situation. Oh, I 
<laughs> I have no idea. It was probably super dangerous, but. They had another shootout two weeks later on November 17th, where Cal was actually caught by police, but he shot himself to death. So Chen is now the only one on the loose. They pretty much catch one of them like every couple months. So he uh, broke into the house of a South African military attache, which is like a um, staff member of a diplomat. McGill Alexander was the name. And at that point, the media got once again way too involved because Chen was literally broadcasting live on the TV and the media was like in there. They were like, this is crazy. They're like putting on all the TVs. Just, I mean, it's a hostage situation. Mm-hmm. You do not need to be in there right now. I just think it's very dangerous. Um, but yeah, Chen, Chen even admitted to his crimes on the live. I guess he was like getting ready to go out with a bang. Did you just spoil it? Chen was, exe- well, I was going to say Chen was caught two years later and executed. So from the original crime two years? Yeah. So he was wow. just like on the, on the run. And then um, when they finally caught him. I mean, obviously, he probably got the death penalty. Yeah, but the murder of Pai Yen is why my parents worry about me. Because it starts off as just one kidnapping and murder to multiple murders. So what happened to the other... You said there was 12, so nine? What happened yeah, to the other nine? Did they just get caught? Yeah. Okay. So in this case, there was a lot of criticism about how it was handled. There was severe protests over the government's lack of response and competency. Incompetency. Um, so several actually big figures in Taiwan's government and um, like political sphere resigned. Like the premier, the um, vice president, the um, resigned, not the vice president of Taiwan, like the premier one. The minister of the interior resigned, director general of the national police agency and the minister of the portfolio all were like, ooh, we messed up. So it was like big names. And then protests over the media's nosiness was a big issue because mm-hmm. people were very angry about the fact that they intruded and interfered with all the investigation. Yeah. And and apparently, so you kind of what your point was saying before, like in the two shootouts, the media was upstairs before the police. That's problematic. Yeah. I should be like, get out of my way. Like, yeah. Well, you <laughs> can't actively, sh- you, it's, so like, let's say I am a police officer and I see him, but somebody, is working with the media and they happen to just be in the way or I don't feel comfortable shooting because somebody that is completely innocent that is just broadcasting this is there in the way. They probably would have taken them down a lot quicker. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's a part of it. Um, At one point, like a journal even released confidential information regarding the case. Um, So to protect the hostage, because for... Um, Pai Shaiyan, the police actually spent like, so it's 12,320 USD buying all copies of the magazine. Wow. Mm-hmm. They screwed the pooch. So, yeah, that's honestly a lot of the situation. And then, um, there's over protests over the police, um, letting the media in, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then there's just some questioning why it was Pai Pingping's daughter, but people think it's just because of the money and fame that she had. And apparently her dad had some Yakuza connections, too. So mm-hmm. all that kind of goes back to why this poor girl was murdered. Wow. That's so sad. And I hate how it was handled. Yep. Did the mom ever say anything publicly I mean, about how she was really upset? Yeah, the mother was, like, furious. Mm-hmm. And since she's already a household name, like, 
people did really see her well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would hate to be famous. Like, don't follow me. Don't <laughs> be in my business. I would never be famous. But if I was. Yeah. I think if I was famous, I would have a really hard time um, pushing my kids into the public eye. I would really like I feel like I would have to hide them away or like make sure that they have the most normal life without paparazzi or anything following them around because yeah it's just a really weird way to live your life like grow up in that um and I think there's a lot of pressure and attention that don't need to be put on you know a young child 16 years old it's so sad because I know personally that I would not want to be yeah I don't think I would either like that I wouldn't want to be like constantly seen underneath a telescope because I mess up every time I walk out this house (laughs) I would be more freaked out that they would be commenting on how I dress and they would just be like, this girl looks like a 90-year-old grandma, a librarian, and also a skater boy. Why am I the media at you? (laughs) Oh, also, I know this is completely random. Remember last week when you were talking about your voice being like growly, growly? Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's gnarly. The word you were looking for was horse. (laughs) <laughs> yeah my voice is very hoarse I was um, I was thinking about it in the car today just like randomly as I was sipping my iced coffee from McDonald's I was like oh my god it's horse horse <laughs> um, I hate that when I like forget a word and then I remember it in a completely random area sometimes I'll say it out loud and people will be like what are you talking about I'm like nothing I'm gonna this happened two weeks ago. My brain's now registering it. <laughs> okay, so we're slow. What's your point? <laughs> I've just been really distracted. Um, yeah, that's why we took a week off. Drag yourself so you can't be dragged. Fair enough. <laughs> Honestly, a way to live. My my story's pretty exciting this week. Yes, I'm very excited to hear about it. So today I am going to be covering the Taiwan McDonald's bombings. I'm so intrigued. Yes. So this is definitely something that I worry about because um, bombings are a very scary and intense situation. But what's even scarier with this case specifically is that I didn't necessarily expect it to be at like a McDonald's or even a fast food restaurant. I think of someone setting off a bomb in a a higher populated area and not uh, at a restaurant on a random Tuesday. But isn't that always when terror strikes, when you're least expecting it. I mean, it's a Tuesday at McDonald's. I'm just trying to eat my fries and go. Right, yeah. And I think it was like around lunchtime. So, I mean, it was probably a hop and happen in place, but. Hop and happen McDonald's. <laughs> we love her. Yeah. So, I just, it scares me the thought of like, this could happen literally anywhere at any time at any moment. Um, good luck. <laughs> Good luck. It's great. <laughs> Even at your neighborhood McDonald's, which I went to McDonald's this morning. So I mean, so you got an iced coffee. Do I you did. Like their iced coffee? Huh? Do you like their iced coffee? I do. I've never actually had it. I've been kind of scared. I like it. Um, I do get the French vanilla latte. Um, but I only get iced. I don't get it hot. And I did try the pumpkin spice latte today, just because mm-hmm. I had my first pumpkin spice latte a couple weeks ago 
Uh, my friend Marley introduced me to them. I know I'm 24 and I'm just now doing the basic, you know, fall things. I mean, enjoy it. I love right. apple cider. Yeah. Well, the pumpkin spice at Starbucks is pretty good. Um, I will say the McDonald's version is very taste down. Like it's not that crazy of a flavor. It's like an after, you know, it's not like, yeah. it's like coffee with like the essence. It's not like here is syrup. So I thought it was really good. <laughs> Honestly, I should probably try. I love coffee. So I really need to try McDonald's coffee. I don't know. Yeah. Try it. It's a, it's significantly, the reason why I, I did it is because Starbucks, um, is right next to my work and McDonald's is right next to my work and Starbucks's coffee is significantly more expensive than McDonald's and it's trash. Ooh. Yeah, and well <laughs> I I'm like, "Oh, well, I can just get breakfast and coffee as opposed to just coffee at Starbucks." So it's like a two-in-one thing. And so when I tasted their coffee and it wasn't like unedible, yeah. I was like, "Heck yeah." So yeah, try it and let me know what you think. But do okay. both of them, the vanilla and also the pumpkin spice. I'll try it, honestly. Yeah. In April 1982, civilians experienced absolute horror as they grabbed a quick bite to eat at the fast food chain. Located in the men's restroom on April 28th was a bomb. The police and bomb squad pulled up to the restaurant and quickly filled into the McDonald's men's restroom. Unfortunately, the first bomb went off as the bomb was being removed or during the attempt to disarm the bomb. I couldn't necessarily find any information um, on, like, which way was which. They just said, like, literally every single article I read said it was either when they took it out or when they were uh, disarming the bomb. How do they know about the bomb? Do you know? I don't know, um, but it was a part of a, like, they were asking for money. So I'm pretty sure McDonald's tipped them off and told them, hey, we have a situation. Um, yeah. But I don't know if somebody found this bomb and was like, oh, crap. Or if McDonald's was like, something's going to happen and they just dispersed the bomb squad to like all of them. I don't know how they figured it out. Okay. So it's just like happening though. Yes. So in this case... Um, one of the bomb squad officers was killed by the bomb. Okay. Which is really sad. And later that day, the second bomb went off, but this time it was at a different McDonald's location on the other side of the country. Oh my God. Different locations? Yes. Which leads me to believe that there's multiple people because in 1992, like... Getting from one side of the country to the other side of the island is like, it's like a six-hour drive. Yeah, like, how are you getting there so fast? Right. Yeah. So, um, located in Kaohsiung, a telephone booth exploded just outside of the McDonald's parking lot. The thought of a telephone booth is bizarre to me because I haven't seen those in ages. I remember the last time I saw a telephone booth was like early 2000s when I was really little and um, the airports had those little phone rooms where you could like walk in and see like all of those like little, I don't know, phones. Yeah. Um, and now they're converted to like charging stations and bars. Oh my God. Honestly, phone booths are such an aesthetic though. <laughs> when was the last time you saw a telephone booth? Korea. Korea? Really? Yeah, they have them there. 
What about in America? Question. Not recent. I haven't seen one in literally. Like, I think that's the last time Honestly, I saw one. I just went to Chicago. So. Chicago. Oh, really? Okay. I, mean, I went like two weeks ago, but, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. They have them in the streets of the city. In Ch- in Chicago? Am I just imagining something that wasn't there? I don't know. Maybe it's like for aesthetics. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe my brain put it there because I was like, wow, I love the city. How wow. aesthetic. Now I'm in London. <laughs> they have one, not to bring everything back to Disney, but there is a phone booth in Disney. Oh, please, you love bringing everything back to Disney. I know. I think it's in Epcot. And I think it's in the London. And at one point in time, I want to say 90s maybe, you could make phone calls out of that telephone booth. That would be so cool. But now they discontinued that service. But if I would, I'd be like, yo, Mona, I'm going to call you from the Disney phone booth. Um, But I'm pretty sure it's not a thing anymore. But what a hater. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think just the thought of a telephone booth outside of a parking lot at McDonald's is very 1992. So their 92 was definitely showing. Anyways, (laughs) (laughs) the bomb (laughs) was pretty scary, as all bombs are. Yeah, I imagine. It was triggered by a mercury tilt switch. These types of bombs are often found in car bombs and are typically man-made. This direct quote is quite a doozy, so buckle up, buttercup. But according to Wikipedia, quote, it consists of a small tube no larger than a medical tablet bottle made from plastic, glass, or some other materials like it. At the bottom end of the tube, a certain volume of mercury is placed. While at the cap end are wired two live electrical contacts linked to a battery and a bomb, the function of the fuse is such that when it is tilted or moved, the mercury, a liquid metal, will slide down the tube and close the electrical current wired to the bomb. Once the current is closed, the electrical current will then be able to bridge the previously open gap and activate the bomb, end quote. So I know Wikipedia has done me dirty in the past. Never. And has also given me very incorrect information before. However, I did decide to Google Mercury Tilt Switch, and I saw a few eBay hits, uh, and I quickly exited out of there because I definitely do not need to be on FBI's uh, watch list. Oh my! I love when I put. I love when I like looking up something very questionable. And I mm-hmm. go on my private browser and I'm like, not the FBI. <laughs> they can. They warn you about that. <laughs> I'm like, they can't see what I'm doing. Meanwhile, I'm like very suspicious. I'm just a girl with a podcast that wanted to give a reliable description of the events that occurred. Like, please don't arrest me. I'm nothing but a weak child. <laughs> yeah. So um, if Wikipedia is wrong. I'm sorry, but I just wasn't going to look that deep into, like, the construction of how they make these bombs because I just don't want that type of attention. So, yeah. Long story short, uh, it basically has to be jerked in some way to explode. What's kind of confusing is that there aren't any deaths associated with the second bomb. I'd half expect that it was someone, like, opening the door to the payphone booth or something. But it didn't say how it was detonated other than that it was the mercury tilt switch detonation type. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if 
I just don't know how it went off. Um, They didn't give that detail. So later that night, as the police were investigating, they stumbled upon a soft drink located at the first location. It contained an anonymous letter demanding $240,000 from the Taiwan McDonald chain. In the same letter, it stated that there were going to be six more bombs planted at different McDonald's locations. They did find the third device nearby in a parking lot, but it was unexplosive. So I mm-hmm. think there was some defect with it, um, which is good because now they only have three bombs left. But now they have to figure out, OK, where are these three bombs going to be? Yeah, I mean, that's terrifying. Imagine like mm-hmm. trying to figure out what's happening next because I can't even tell you what's happening in an hour. So the next day, April 29th, 1992, another bomb went off in Yonghe. Just like the first bomb, the device was found in the men's restroom. When the bomb was found by the manager, the bomb was detonated, leaving him in critical condition. This specific bomb hospitalized another employee, and when the bomb was detonated, flying glass from the explosion injured two children that were nearby. That's terrifying. I mean... You know, they had their little kid's menu, like their little kid toy. So in the afternoon of April 29th, so later that day after the third bomb had been detonated, Taiwan McDonald's decided to close all of their restaurants, which at the time was 57 and offered an award of 480000 for information that led up to the arrest in those who are responsible for the bombings. The police also had an award of 400000 uh, meaning together they both offered an award of 880,000. Just a lot of money. Well, I understand why. I mean, there's all these bombings with nobody. Do they have any clues about who was doing mm-hmm. it or what was going on? Um, yes. So the police did have a clue or an idea of who was doing this, but they kept it very hush-hush because they didn't want to like spook them or um let the media kind of run with it. So, uh they when they were questioned by the media, do you know who did this? They just said we have an idea and we have some clues that we're gonna like further explore. Basically, I mean, better not to tell the media, as we know from my <laughs> case. Seriously, so David Sun, who was the chairman of the board of the Taiwan McDonald's Corporation at the time, was quoted saying, "Quote: We are working in conjunction with the police to screen all of our stores." After we are totally satisfied with the safety precautions, we will reopen. I feel it is our responsibility for our company not to concede to this kind of request, end quote. So that's why they decided not to give any money to these people. Um, They just didn't want to support this type of, you know, actions. And they didn't want to seem like they were afraid either. So like I was saying earlier, at that point, the police did have some clues, but I couldn't find anywhere what they were or the evidence that were brought forth during the trial. I also couldn't find much on the trial online, but this may be because the case was from 1992. Um, it does sadden me, though, that I wasn't able to find more information regarding the, fi- the trial or like why they knew that these guys did it. I did find an article from the Taiwan Today dated December 8th, 1992. I had to like go onto an archive and then um, it was like a 
online scanner. I had to like look through the newspaper. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, so I found the article called McDonald's Bomber Guilty of Murder, which really didn't give me much insight. Um, but it gave me enough. So the two men that were found guilty in this case were arrested on May 16th, so um, of the following year, 1993. Chen Shishe was a plumber, and Pan Chiming was sentenced and charged with murder. In the article, a local prosecutor demanded that the two men be sentenced to the death penalty. Chen was an individual that created the homemade bombs and placed them in the franchises. He was sentenced to life in prison by the Taipei District Court on November 25, 1992. He, his partner Pan was sentenced to 15 years and 6 months for hiding Chen and providing the explosives to him. They were apparently not given the death penalty because of a note that was left at the first bomb location. The presiding judge explained that their motives were for money and not for death, and apparently Chen and Pan left a note demonstrating that their intention was to never hurt anyone. So they basically left a letter saying that they knew how to deconstruct the bomb if they got the money, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is bananas to me, but no judgment. Um, I just think that if you put people in these situations and somebody ends up being murdered, that you should, you know, not, not be like, oh, well, my original motive was money. Like, okay, but also someone did die. So you're not like, um, that's a big thing is like, just because that's not your original intention doesn't mean that it doesn't have its consequences. Right. Yeah. So, McDonald's in Taiwan opened on March 3rd with a ton of security measures like closed caption televisions, uh, metal detectors, and searches of patrons by their security guards. Originally, they opened only nine of their branches and slowly opened more over time. Um, But the bombs that happened in Taiwan are why my parents worry about me. Nice, nice, nice. I mean, that sounded absolutely terrifying. I don't know. When I go to McDonald's, I just want a little fries. Um, and just to chill, I don't want to have to worry about um dying in a men's bathroom. <laughs> well, maybe choose a table as far away from the bathroom as is possible. Um, catch me in the slides of the <laughs> McDonald's playpen. Do um does anybody like an adult monitor those? I feel like they would kick you out. Oh no. I don't think they do, but I think if somebody complained because they're like, "Excuse me, there's an adult trying <laughs> to play with my child in the play uh area of McDonald's." I would either get the police called on me or <laughs> get kicked out. So <laughs> they call the cops because you're standing ground on one side of the I'm gatekeeping it. I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> I'm going to eat my McDonald's and like it, and you're going to leave. You're not cool enough to eat with me. <laughs> me at some six-year-old that's like, Mommy? <laughs> Six-year-olds are mean. I don't know. Nah, now she'd literally be like, okay, but you have a mustache. And I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go die now. <laughs> Why do you do this to me, dude? Oh, my God. Kids are really. They do the most. They have no filter. I know. 
that if a kid just tells me something mean about me, it's at least half true. Oh, I know. Oh, I. Oh, I know. The second they say anything, like I've had a kid that would come up to me and be like, "You have big thighs," and I was like, <laughs> "Um, you're All not right. wrong, but how dare you point out some of my biggest insecurities?" <laughs> I, the, I think the worst thing that's happened to me with like a little kid is somebody being like, "Mommy, is that a boy or a girl?" Oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, favorite. oh, sorry, that's my favorite with you because people are like a dragoness, and you're like, "Nah, I'm a woman." <laughs> nope, very girly. And then they're like, oh, um. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've had short hair from, uh, like, my whole life. I cannot even see with long hair. Honestly, I can't even yeah. see it as a bob. No. Mm-hmm. Been there, done that. But, yeah, Send me a I... picture. I literally want to see what you look like. I have a lot of files on my computer. One second. So I'm sending you one with long hair and then one with, like, a bob. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Oh, my God. It's why. <laughs> I'm not trying to laugh at you, but I'm laughing. <laughs> I just, I mean, it's also funny because the bob is so shaggy because that was yeah. the style back then. Oh, yeah. It reminds me of, like, the emo phase. You know what I'm oh, talking about? Oh, that's 100% what I was going yeah. through. Oh, my God. So yeah. good. So good. Oh my gosh, the curly haired one, the second one is still good. I love the bangs on you. Thanks, man. I really like it's you. I feel like you have like two like mana haircuts. You have like your long hair, and then you get sick of it, and then you cut it really like to your shoulders. And I like both of those. I know. <laughs> You're I right because I'm literally thinking about growing it out again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, you've been like this forever. <laughs> I know that I'll get bored of it. I'll be like, ew. Long hair is gross. I hate it. And then I'll cut my hair really short again or like short to like my shoulders essentially. And then I'll Uh be like, I'm so cute, fluffy, new. And then I'm like, (laughs) I'm tired of it. I want to be a sexy woman again. I'm putting on long hair. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I mean, you can be sexy without long hair, but for me, I need the long hair. Well, it's just like what you feel most comfortable with. Yeah. Like my hair is basically buzz cut. But during COVID, I was like, I'm going to. I'm literally going to buzz cut my hair. Like, I'm so sick of it. And everyone's like, no, don't buzz cut your hair. And I'm like, guys, it's like really not that. It's going to grow back in like a week and a half. Like, by the time my hairstylist gets to me, it's going to be super long again. But she has done a lot of work on like shaping it the way it is. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, it does. It does. Yeah. So that it kind of goes and goes with your flow because everyone Mm -hmm. has a different flow to their head and their hair. Yes. Yeah. And I don't really know what my head would look like. All right. Should we talk about why our parents are proud of us? Heck yes. So why are your parents proud of you this week? Great question. <laughs> don't have a definite answer. Um, I think Halloween is upon us. And I have been decorating for Halloween nonstop. I finally did the outside. So it matched the inside. August 31st was like the day that I made all the inside look like Halloween but this past weekend I went out and did like pumpkins and everything like that so I'm excited about that um other than that I don't know what about you I guess my parents are proud of me because I'm sleeping more that's a new thing you know I have trouble with my sleep yes um I've been taking melatonin so that's kind of helped Um, oh really sometimes I take two because I'm like ooh, drugs (laughs) um I've and never then, had melatonin work for me. 
Really? I mean, Mm-mm. so I take one sometimes. If I take one, it doesn't work. Okay. If I so take I wonder two, if I need to take two. Yeah. But like, the dreams it gives me is wild. <laughs> well, you wild already have dreams. wild dreams. Yeah, but this like, it's weird because when I take melatonin, I can't control them. So it kind of mm. bothers me, especially because mm-hmm. I'm used to it. So I kind of mm-hmm. get frustrated. But hmm. yeah, no, nah, the dreams are wild. A little bit like, whoa. <laughs> what is happening? Exactly. Yeah. Well, maybe take one and a half then. <laughs> one and a half? <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's the maybe that's the kicker. Mm-hmm. Could be, could be. So, um, you want to wrap things up? Yeah. Okay. Let's do this. Um, mm-hmm. I want to thank everybody for listening and staying with us, even though we took a break last week. Um, we'll be posting more on our Instagram, and uh, don't forget to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Um, tell your friends about us. Tell your family about us. Um, mm-hmm. maybe don't tell your grandma I'm a little bit inappropriate, so just <laughs> only you if your grandma's go. cool. Yeah, if your grandma's cool, put her on us. But if not, don't. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, what am I missing? I think that's it. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Are we ready to say goodbye? I am. Bye. Bye.